Thanks for checking out this message from Radiant Life Church. Grab your Bible and a pad of paper and a pen. Let's dive in. Well, good morning, Radiant Life. How are you? I tell you, so I don't know if it was you, JB, or something, but or maybe it was you. Someone uh, bring all of that ADHD energy. Someone left that up here. Um, what's funny about this is true. This is what I'm, I, I, I'm not saying this is true, but. Uh, what I'm saying, what I'm about to tell you is true. I actually, there was a note. I received a note uh, sitting. It wasn't here at this church, but at another church, uh, just before I got up to speak one time, a couple of years ago, and the person said, "You have way too much energy. You need to calm it down." Serious, and he was the person was serious. Seriously, you are a distraction to God's work. And I got it like 30 seconds before I was coming up on stage. And I, I, I was kind of a little mystified what I was supposed to do at that point. Because there was just enough ungodliness in me that I wanted to come up and, really, and be super hyper at that point. Um, but anyway, so this is, uh, this is not that. So thank you. That's just kind of fun. Uh, hey, uh, a couple things. And I've asked JB to be up here for just a second. I'll, I'll get to that in just a moment. Can I just say, you guys are an awesome church. Um, and... Hey, if you're watching online, you're an awesome church. Enjoy your waffles or your Wheaties or whatever in your bathrobe and, and enjoy us. Uh, you might, you know, I, it's great to have you here, but I, I'm just so thankful for you. Um, and I'm so thankful for the way that you allow God to work in you and through you and to impact the entire city of Sturgis and beyond. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that here in just a second, but I just also have to say, and I know I say this every time I'm here, but it's no stinking fair that you guys have so many awesome people on your staff. Like, it's not fair. Um, so, uh, and, and Pastor Ryan is here. You all saw him, I'm sure, earlier this morning. Um, and I, I think the world of him and obviously his awesome wife, Katie, and their, their kids. I just think the world of them. Um, and Pastor Josh and Pastor Brandon and Amy and... Uh, Josh, I love you. Appreciate you very much. Um, and uh, Pam, and I just want to say this publicly. Women are pastors too, period. And um, God has called them throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Excuse me. Who did God trust with the most important news ever declared? that Jesus had risen from the dead. It happened to be women. Who prophesied in the Old Testament and the New Testament? Excuse me, it happened to be women. Paul was talking about a very specific thing in a very specific church when he said, I do not allow a woman to teach a man because of a specific thing that was happening in a specific church. Look at the whole counsel of God grow up, wake up, and realize that women are called to ministry, period. I wish I had an opinion on that. Okay. Now, um, but let me tell you why JB's up here. I have to tell you something. I've got to brag on this guy for just a second. So a couple years ago, um, and I just, you know, week in and week out, you, you share your husband with this entire congregation. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for what you do. But a couple of weeks... Uh, uh, <laughs> that's my mom. <laughs> that's not his mom. Sort of. What do you mean sort of? That's, okay, never mind. Anyways. Okay. 
This could get a lot weirder. But anyways, so, so this guy says to me, now you probably all know this, but JB's got this whole huge company called His Productions uh, that, you know, does all this kind of um, just amazing work with podcasts with all these amazing people that are on it. And uh, I mean that he produces and facilitates all that through his productions. And a couple years ago, he looks at me and he says, hey, you need to do a podcast. And I said, no, I'm not doing one. Um, and then eventually, Holy Spirit said, no, I actually want you to do one. And so once a month, JB leaves here and drives all the way up to our ministry center in Grand Rapids and spends, takes him about 12 hours of his day minimum to come up, and he produces really our show, makes it right. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't mean this badly. It's kind of like the CEO of a company coming and hanging out when he could have sent just a production person, but he comes and literally doesn't, I mean, I can't tell you, well, 2,000 people this last month watched that, which I know is not like an amazing, it hasn't gone viral, but that wasn't my heart or my spirit. My heart and my spirit was let's serve lay people and pastors within this little thing that we call the Great Lakes region. And we're able to do that so much more effectively now than we ever were able to a couple of years ago. And that's all because of this guy and me listening to what Holy Spirit was saying through him and then us starting this thing. So can we just... Is that my mic that's going weird? No. Oh, okay. So can we, would you help me to say thanks to Josh for what he does and for your help? Because I just, I'm grateful. It's a privilege uh, to do it. I'm on one. Oh, there we go. Uh, but what I would tell you to do, he didn't say the name of the podcast, but you guys need to be listening to this podcast. Spirit Anointed Leadership. You should subscribe. You should share it on your, your Facebook page. Just like we tell you about Radiant Reflections. This is a great podcast. Uh, with Dr. Conrad, as well as a lot of really great guests. Uh, we got some really cool things coming up on the podcast. So I will tell you, spirit anointed leadership. We need to get the, the graphic up here. I know. Sometime We're going to do it. Okay. We're going to do it. We will. Okay. Thank you for driving all this way this morning in this weather from Grand Rapids. Whatever. Dr. Chris yeah. Conrad. Thanks, man. Hey, there's another group. I, there's a, mu- a couple more things I want to say, and then I'll get into the four-hour message that I think God has placed on my heart. Uh, to give us, and that is, is that you are, you are served by a group of people here who serve as your board or your elders. And I just want to say thank you to them publicly. Um, so Chris and Mike and Sarah and Faith and Karen, thank you for serving. Uh, can I, before, if you happen to be in the service, would you mind standing really quickly? I didn't do this in the first service. I wish I would have. But if you happen to be an elder board member and you're here, would you stand really quickly? Go ahead. Is there anybody... In, there you go. Thank you very much. Can we just say thank you to the elders who serve? That's great. I also want to say one last thing, and that is, is that Pastor Ryan talked a few minutes ago about um, you actually, you're giving, and he kind of the giving, gave the giving announcement. I say a, a tiny bit of money that you give on a weekly basis here comes to us, comes to the Great Lakes region, um, and we're able to, one of the things that we're able to do with that money is start brand new churches uh, in places where they don't uh, have them and where we need them. Um, and so one of those places, like we're planting churches in the upper peninsula of Michigan. We're uh, planting churches in Wisconsin, different places. But here's the deal. Two weeks from today, uh, a brand new church is starting in a community called McWanago, which is between Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, here's the cool. The guy that's planting that church, his name is Josh. Um, they, obviously they haven't even started yet. They've had a couple of preview services. At their first preview service, they had 140 people in attendance before the church ever started. And I I just thought this was so cool. 
they sent this postcard out to the whole community saying, hey, uh, a church is starting. If you want to get to know the pastor, like set up an appointment. So people went online and set up an appointment to meet him at a Starbucks. And he would do like six or seven appointments a day for a while at Starbucks. He's brought three or four or five people at least to Christ at that Starbucks already before the church ever launched. Why am I telling you that? I'm not trying to bore you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. This is that money that you're giving here at Radiant Life is helping to start a church in McWanago, uh, Wisconsin. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think someday, because you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and if you're not, then I'm going to encourage you to get in one before we're done today. But because you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to be in heaven. And someday, someone from McWanago is going to walk up to you and they're going to say, I never knew you here on earth because you lived here in Michigan. I lived in Wisconsin, but a church was started. And because that church was started, I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ and my marriage was saved. And my kids grew up in a home where where Jesus Christ was exalted and my whole life and my whole legacy was changed because of you, because you were willing to give to this local church. So I just want to say, Radiant Life, thank you for your faithfulness and giving. You are changing lives all over the place. Praise be to God. Amen. I just think that's really, really cool. Okay. Picture of my family is going to come up on the screen. Uh, this is my much better half. And uh, it's my wife, Mary. Uh, and I married way over my head. Um, again, we met in the fifth grade in Sunday school. Um, we went on our first date in sixth grade to the San Diego Zoo. Um, we dated around different people, and then we came back together. And, um, and we got uh, married when we were 24, so 33 years of marriage. Yes, I'm 57 years old, so 33 years of marriage. And that woman is an incredible woman of God. She prays. She seeks God. She gets up every day and spends time in journals and gets in God's word. And she's not perfect. If she was here, she would be the first one to tell you she's not perfect. But I love her dearly, and I'm so thankful for her. Um, and so much of the, what I'm able to do in ministry, I'm able to do because of her. Um, and the, the young lady next to me on your left is my daughter, Natalia. Natalia is somewhere in Mexico right now. I just got a... Uh, a WhatsApp message from her like in the last 10 minutes. Uh, she's um, flying from somewhere to somewhere in Mexico. That's all I know. Um, and she, she, tell, she said, we went into an airport. I got through security and we went to the one gate at this airport. So I tell you, it's a pretty small airport and she's flying all day. Today. She's in the midst of five months of being with Youth with a Mission, which is a missions organization. She's in her last month or so. And... Um, yeah, she looks like she's 12, but she's actually 19. And, um, and so that's Natalia. And the daughter next to Mary um, is my daughter, Julia. And if you want to talk about dogs or horses, she will talk your ear off. It's not a problem. But I have to tell you, I wish I could do this instantly. I can't. But um, literally, just like within the last four or five minutes, I got a text from my wife. Julia is out shoveling. We got where I live, just south of Grand Rapids, we got seven more inches of snow overnight. Uh, so I was in four-wheel drive just to get out of my driveway. And because uh, I left my house this morning at 5.30 to be here. And so she, um, she, she's out. I got a picture of her outside with her dog uh, shoveling snow so that daddy doesn't have to do it when I get home. So, yeah, I love that girl. Like, she can ask me for anything tonight, and she can have it. It's not, except for an extra puppy. Like... She's watching this. We're not going to get another 
dog. Lord Jesus, you're doing such a powerful work in the life of this church. Lives are being transformed here. And I'm very aware that there are people who walked in here this morning and they're checking you out. I pray that you would become very real to them. There are other people this morning that are just really discouraged and they need to hear from you that you love them and that you're with them. There are people this morning that are concerned about their health. And I pray that they would sense that you are a God who's as close to them as they could ever imagine. Literally, the air in their lungs right now is a gift from you. You breathe into us, and so we have life. And God, as long as we're talking about health things, I pray that you would heal your son, Ryan Bibb. Heal his knee supernaturally. You're a God who can do that. You've done that in this congregation in the past already. Do it again. Do it again. Heal him, God. If you choose to heal him through the doctors, then we pray for his appointment this coming Thursday that it would go exceptionally well. And we pray that his healing would be expedited. God, I just feel uh, prompted right now. Would you sur- would you surround the Bib family? Would you protect them from the evil one? Encourage them. Encourage the others that are on the pastoral staff. God, I'm thankful for the volunteers in the life of this church. As has already been mentioned, people that keep doors open as we walk in the door. People that provide us with cool drinks to drink. Not necessarily that cool. Some of them are hot, which is awesome. People that work in the children's ministry. So many different people, God. I pray that you would bless the volunteers, tech team, worship team. Come now, speak to us. We need to hear from you. We ask this in Christ's name. And everybody said. This, it's, it's interesting. I think it's, I think it's evidence of the fact that the Holy Spirit is working so heavily in the life of this congregation that um, I write messages for Radiant Life. I'll try and keep you awake, sweetheart. I'm sorry you're yawning. I'll do my best to keep you awake. Um, if I see you nodding off, I'll know that, oh, gosh, God, don't let that happen. Um, but it, it's, um, it's so interesting that every time I come here, not almost every time, like the night before Holy Spirit says, you thought you knew what you were going to speak on, but I want to change it. And it gets so old, I almost don't want to write messages anymore for Radiant Life until the night before. And uh, that doesn't happen to me at every church, but certainly it it happened again last night. And the Holy Spirit said, no, you thought that, but no, that's not it. I said, okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I prayed up a storm when I wrote the first message. Like, I thought I knew. And uh, because I thought he had downloaded it and said, no, that was good for a few days ago, but that's not good for today. And uh, so I totally rewrote my message and uh, last night. And in a bit this morning. Uh, by the way, um, yeah, I, I'm, 
what's interesting is, is that when I was standing and then worshiping, the Spirit of God is so alive here. And what I want to say to you is, is that if you've been walking with God for a long time, can you do me a favor? And every once in a while, just thank the Lord for what he's doing here. Like, don't take it for granted. Like, I can take you to a lot of churches that wish that they had half the life that Radiant Life has. Um, and so don't take it for granted. And if you're new here, again, please come back next week when a decent communicator will preach God's word. <laughs> please don't judge this church on this morning's communicator. That would be a really bad thing for you to do. But we're in this series about holiness, which I think is a really cool thing. And I think, I just have to tell you that most people who are hip don't want to do a series on holiness. And I think it speaks to both your willingness to be mature and your pastoral staff's willingness to take you to another level of maturity that we're willing to to talk about this. And the kind of the assignment I was given is, help us, Chris, understand what what is the role of the Holy Spirit when it comes to making us more holy? Okay? Well, um, I'm, I'm just about done right now with this book uh, called Practicing the Power. And I shared this with Pastor Ryan about a month ago or more, uh, two months ago, actually. Some of you are praying and fasting right now for a word from God. Can I just encourage you? It actually came out of this book. Uh, Sam Storms, who wrote this book called Practicing the Power, has got a phenomenal chapter in this book, best chapter I've ever read on the idea of fasting. And instead of focusing on what you give up, he talks about feasting on God. Feasting on God. So instead of focusing on, oh, I don't get to eat such and such, what, how are you feasting on God in this 21 days? How are you enjoying him? Right? I'm in a fast. In fact, my fast ends tomorrow, but I'm going to keep going because here, what the Holy Spirit asked me to, to feast on, to fast from, was time, which I know sounds weird. We'll talk maybe more about that, maybe not. But he asked me to spend two and a half hours a day with him. And that's been so rich. But here's the deal. If you're asking for a word from God, concentrate on feasting on him, not on what you're giving up. Because here's the deal, and here's what I want to say to you. If, if, if what you're fasting on is not causing you to be more in love with Jesus, then stop fasting that. Because fasting is only supposed to draw us closer to Jesus. See, here's the thing. I, and I'll get to the message, I promise, I'll get to it. But here's the thing. If, if I give up eating for a period of time, or maybe I'm going to give up chocolate chip cookies, or I'm going to give up sugar, I'm going to give up salt, I'm going to give up cream in my coffee, or something like that. But the real distraction in my life is scrolling all the time on what's on Instagram, and what's, I mean, if, 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 if I am always, if I'm always looking at other people's life on my phone, if every moment I have free, I go to my phone, then maybe I need to fast my phone. Maybe I need to give up my phone. And, and, and maybe if I'll do that, by the way, if you look at my phone, no, look at the back of it, see how it's shattered, because I've done that so many times. Maybe I need to give up my phone because maybe that's a distraction. We need to ask ourselves, what's actually distracting me from God? Maybe it's a relationship that I'm in that I should not be in. What's distracting me? So anyways, feast on him. Enjoy him.
We'll talk more about that in just a second when we get into God's Word. But what is the role of Holy Spirit in our lives as it relates to fasting? Excuse me, what, as it relates to holiness and all the stuff that we're in. Okay, here we go. Um, everything we know of God the Father and of Jesus does not come naturally. So everything you know about God, everything you know about God, you didn't come out of your mother's womb automatically knowing that. So how did you learn that? Well, some of you might say, well, I learned it from here. Yeah, you did, perhaps, or maybe you learned it from your parents, or maybe you learned it from someone else who was a significant spiritual mentor in your life. I get that, but here's the thing. All of that came through the work of Holy Spirit. See, uh, and Bennett talked about it a little bit earlier. See, we, God the Father is on the throne, and sitting next to him is Jesus the Son. He's physically sitting in heaven on his throne. So when we talk about God working in your life and God being here working, who is that? That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not here in bodily form right now. He's here through the power of Holy Spirit. So because of that, it's Holy Spirit that does the work in our life when it comes to making us more like God. Everything you know about God, you learned ultimately from Holy Spirit. When I am reading his word and I get an aha moment, that's Holy Spirit who's giving me that aha moment. So the Holy Spirit plays an integral part. How many of you have ever, ever once in your life felt a twinge of guilt because of something you were about to do or something that you've done? How many of you have ever felt a tiny bit of guilt in your life? The rest of you are lying and you're in church. Okay? Yeah, you should feel guilt now. Okay? Okay. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not condemnation. It's ultimately an invitation. It's an, it's not, it's an invitation by the Holy Spirit to live out the life that he wants you to live. So, oh, who's this, in a good way, who just said glory? So, oh, girl. Girl, come on now. So, I, just you and I. What's your name? Tina. Hi, Tina. Just you and I. So, Tina, I grew up in this church. And uh, the senior pastor father, um, who had, and you're not, Tina, but he was 105 years old, okay? And, um, and there's this place in the Bible where it says, I, I think it's in the book of Psalms, but I could totally be wrong, where it says, and the righteous stands up and says, glory. And so the, the, my pastors um, would be preaching, and his dad every once in a while would stand up and say, I say glory. <laughs> you just brought that back to my memory. Thank you. That's just awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, you go. Okay, so a couple months ago, a couple months ago, I was invited to go to, to a Texas a- A&M game. Okay? Here's a picture um, of us. That's actually my wife. Here's a picture of us at the Texas A&M game. Now, um, it was cool, and it was, and, and by the way, um, by the way, anybody uh, enjoy a game that happened this last Monday night? I don't know if anybody enjoyed that game or not, okay? Then we've got another important game coming on tonight. Um, yeah, right, okay, so, but here's the deal. So I was invited to this game, and, uh, and, and I went, 
Can I tell you who invited me? Now, this isn't going to impress you at all. It doesn't need to. Uh, here's a picture of the, of the couple that invited me. So uh, the guy standing in the middle, his name is Mark Walsh. Gosh, you'd be so embarrassed to know I'm crying right now. Mark is a four-star general. Uh, he used to be one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He was in charge of the entire Air Force, 660,000 troops under him. Um, through an interesting set of circumstances, the Lord has allowed my life to cross with Mark's, and, uh, and, he, and he and his wife Betty have become friends. And so um, he is now the president of Texas A&M University. So this last uh, summer, I happened to be on this thing called a sabbatical. And one of the things I wanted to do on my sabbatical was go spend a couple hours with Mark. And, um, and so I went down and spent a couple hours. And when we were done, now you have to know, my wife is an off-the-charts football fan. Off the charts. She's the youngest of four kids, three older brothers, and then her. All of her brothers played football. So she was a cheerleader for, like, football. So she's all into it. And um, so Mark says to me this last summer, as we were ending our time together, he says, hey, Chris, you and Mary need to come down and come to a Texas A&M game um, and hang out with Betty and I. And I happened to share that with Mary, and Mary said, make the plane reservations now. (laughs) We're going. Okay. Now, as it turns out, uh, the president has a box. That box seats about 75 people. It is a full buffet, like prime rib, like incredible food. The spread is off the charts. And when I got there, just before the game started, uh, Mark came up to me. And there were probably about 50 or 55 people, 60 people there that day. And Mark said to me, uh, the people in this room, he kind of whispered to me, he said, the people in this room will have given about $200 million, donated that much to the university. And here's this peon guy, me, from Grand Rapids, Michigan, okay? Now, here's the thing. Go back to the other picture, if you would, please. I could have gone to Texas A&M and sat way up in the, in the bleachers, in the nosebleed section. Because Mark and Be- they invited me to the game. I had tickets to the game. But that's not where Mark wanted me. He wanted me in the box with him. Way too many of us have come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and we're sitting in the nosebleed section when the Heavenly Father has invited us to sit with him in his box, enjoying the food and the fare that he has enjoying the abundant life that he has. And some of us are sitting at the big house, but we're sitting in the upper deck, way up high, where it's butt cold on a daylight. Did any of you watch the Kansas Any of you pay six bucks to watch the Kansas City game last night? And, you know, the craziness of the people sitting up in the... I mean, when it was negative four with a wind chill that was like 20-some below, that's nuts. Some of you are sitting in those seats when God has invited you to come sit in his box with him and enjoy everything he's got for you. So my question is for you, where are you sitting? Because Holy Spirit invites us into his very presence to be there with him. And, and, and that invitation 
is so obvious. It's all throughout Scripture. Let me give you. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 55. Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money. You're sitting in the upper deck. Get out of there. You know what? I didn't have to pay for anything in the president's box. It was all provided for me. It was there because I was a guest of the president. You are a guest, but more than that, you are a favored son or a favored daughter of the Most High God. That's who you are. You're an adopted son, an adopted daughter of the Most High God. That is positionally who you are. So get out of the bleachers and come down and be intimate with God. Get close to God. And don't you dare allow the enemy to distract you any longer from the stuff that's keeping you from being in his box with him. Don't you do it? Because can I tell you, nothing else that you go after will satisfy you. No relationship, no old flame from high school will satisfy you. No food that you eat will satisfy you. No position that you climb to in your company, no amount of money in your bank account, no, I don't know how many likes or how many friends you have on whatever social platform that will not satisfy you. No matter of public approval will satisfy you. No getting into a certain school will satisfy you. Like the God of the universe who created you can satisfy you. Period. You won't find it somewhere else. And that's why he's saying to us, oh my goodness, come take your choice of wine. Come to me because it's all free. Why are you spending your money? Why are you spending your energy on things that do not give you strength? Why do you pay for food that doesn't do you any good? Why are you living on Twinkies? Listen to me, God says, and you'll eat what is good. You'll enjoy the finest food. And he's not just talking here about T-bone steaks. He's talking about stuff that actually satisfies your soul. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find what? Life. Jesus repeated that same theme. He said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Why are you working so hard? Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. See, the Holy Spirit reminds us of new possibilities. This passage that a guy by the name of Paul writes, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Say new person. The old life is what? Gone. And a new life has begun. See, we, we don't have to be who we've been. We don't have to be who, I don't know what you walked in here with. I don't know if you walked in here as a person that tends to be anxious. Anxiety is rampant in our society today. Teenage and young adult women are the most anxious beings that are, that are literally, that our earth has ever known. And I'm not just saying this hyperbole. It's true. Science shows that teenage young women and young adult women between the ages of about 12 or 13 until about 24, they are the most anxious 
people that the earth has ever known. Why? Because they scroll and they scroll and they scroll and and they're comparing their lives to everyone else's life and they think they have to be someone that they're not. And Holy Spirit is saying, would you let me remind you that you are a favorite daughter of mine? Screw what anybody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter. What I think about you is what matters. Can you, do you mind telling me your name? I made fun of you earlier. Tell me your name. Elise? Hi, Elise. I'm Chris. It's great to meet you. So, you can, you can, you can slap me later for this. It's great to meet you. So, Elise, you're probably really quiet, and I'm prob- you'll probably never forget this the rest of your life. But here's what I want to say to you. Good. Take a deep breath. Way to go. Don't faint in front of everybody, because I would feel really bad, okay? Elise, you're a favorite daughter of the Most High God. That's who God has created you to be. And no one else can change that. And no one else can impact that. What would happen if Elise went through every single day of her life knowing, knowing I'm a favorite daughter of God's, and no matter what anybody else says, no matter what any other boy says, no matter what my grades show, no matter none of that, I am a favorite daughter of the Most High God. Now, here's the deal. What happens if I'm a 45-year-old guy? Thank you, Elise. I promise to leave you alone, okay? (laughs) What if I'm a 45-year-old guy that's trying to get my worth by how much I make? What if Holy Spirit could remind me that I'm a favorite son of the Most High God and allow that to penetrate your heart and say that's the most important part of who I am? See, if I walked in here this morning and I'm trying to get my needs met through drinking a bit of alcohol, it's not going to satisfy me. But I can be transformed by God's power. If I'm looking at porn because I don't know another way to take care of the stress, what if I brought the stress to Jesus and let him take care of it and allow him to free me from my porn addiction? Because that's what he wants to do. Because we're killing our marriage. Let's just get honest for half a second. We're killing our marriage. So let's just get real Stop thinking, well, we're going to watch it together. You can't watch sin together and think that that's cool. What if I got a temper that comes out? What if people around me are afraid of me? That can be changed by the power of the gospel. That can be changed. So, um, you might wonder what in the world is behind out there. Okay, so. Here we go. And we have the best drink known to mankind. Sorry. I am a Coke Zero fanatic. Okay. Um, I usually don't let myself drink it until after 2.30 in the afternoon. Or else I would drink it. But I'm kind of thirsty right now. So, mm. Now, can I ask you a question? You may hate this. Like, you may hate Coke Zero. That's fine. Um, Think about your favorite drink. For some of you, it's a latte. For some of you, it's coffee. For some of you, it's different. But think about what your favorite drink is. Mm. Now, now here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine that someone comes along, and they just kind of do this. 
Anybody want to drink this now? Okay. Mm, not so much. Why? Because it's gritty. I'm not going to take a drink of this now. Okay. What do you allow in your life? What do you allow in your life? What have you allowed in your life that's polluting your life? What are you allowing to make your life gritty instead of pure? What are you watching? What relationships are you allowing to be there? What, what things are you aspiring to that are not helping you? And we all recognize that no one wants to drink that. But do we recognize that when we allow that stuff in our life, that it affects the people around us? I know sometimes we think, oh, it only impacts me. No, 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 no. It impacts the people around us. Every single time we allow stuff into our life, it impacts the people around us. And God says, I actually, I want to give you the power to be transformed. And that power is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I don't know how much power you think it takes to raise someone from the dead, but it takes a little bit more power than you might imagine. And, and it's that same power that's available to you. I, one of my favorite gospel st- stories from, of Jesus' life, he's walking into this little community called Nain, and and. As he's walking in, this woman is walking out next to the casket of her son that's died. And her husband has already died. So she's walking next to the casket, and it's a funeral procession, procession, and they're going out. And this is weird. They didn't have social security in Jesus' day. So this woman has no means of income now. Because her husband's already dead and her son is now dead. So she's probably looking at like peasant life from now on. And so she's walking out and she's mourning because she's, her son is dead. Her husband's already dead. And now she's probably going to be a poor peasant. And she's walking out. And Jesus is walking into the community. And as he's walking in, he sees what's happening. And he walks, this is so cool. He walks up to the casket and he says, okay, come alive. And out of the casket comes this young man. This comes right up out of that casket. Woo! Can you imagine? Can you? How, what would you do if you went to a funeral procession and all of a sudden the person comes alive? Can you imagine what, that's good, what that would be like? That was so cool. It's my favorite miracle that Jesus does. It's just so cool. And, and, and because it changed everything there. And, and here's the thing, that same power, that same power is available to you. And the Holy Spirit wants to come into your life today, and he wants to touch your life, and he wants to say, come alive. Come fully alive. Some of you are sitting in the, up in the upper no, uh, uh, in the nosebleed section in the upper deck, and Jesus is saying, come alive. Would you please stop putting up with sand in your life in the gray? And would you come fully alive to everything I've got for you? Fully alive. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that. It's his invitation. It's his desire for you to experience all. Now, here's what I know. What I know is that 
We all have things that are keeping us from all that God has for us. All of us do. And I'm going to end my message this morning by talking to you about a couple of things in my own life. Many of you have seen this picture of me when I happen to be a bit heavier than I am now. Because food was my God for so long. And, you know, I, and I just have to tell you, food can still be my God. Like, I, I have to turn to God on a regular basis and just say, okay. Because porn has never been my thing, but food, oh my gosh. And, and the only reason I don't look like that anymore is because I have applied the power of the Holy Spirit to my eating. That's the only difference between that guy and me. Is that the Holy Spirit came in and he literally changed me. He invited me in. I can remember, I can remember the day when I said to him, I am powerless to change this, but if you'll help me, I want to change. That one, in comparison to what I'm about to share, you though, share with you, though, is easier. That one's easier. I'm 22 years old. I'm graduating from college. I've been working at a church, which happens to be the church I grew up in. It's a lot, it was a lot like Radiant Life. It's a great church, an alive church. Uh, the church at that point was running about 3,000 people. I was working at that point for the young adult pastor. The young adult program at that church was running 600 people. And uh, God was just moving in incredible ways. And I worked in the young adult program under the, under the pastor uh, who ran that program. And uh, he went, the guy I was working for, whose name was Tim, Tim went to our senior pastor and said, hey, can Chris stick around? I'd like him to continue on in his position here. And the senior pastor said, nope. Said, uh, Chris is living in Disneyland, and he doesn't realize it. Kind of like he grew up at Walt Disney World, and he doesn't realize that he grew up at Walt Disney World, and he needs to see what the real world is like. So no, he can't stay. He needs to go. So um, I'm so, I, I've, I'm just graduating from college, so I started looking for another job, and I get a job offer to go work for this guy, and uh, I took it, and I'm going to go be his youth pastor. And uh, that, I went from a church of 3,000 to a church of 65. And uh, as the assistant pastor and youth pastor. Well, as it would turn out, the senior pastor of the church that I'd come from, that I grew up in, had said to this guy, hey, when you get ready to hire a youth pastor, let me know, because... I'll help you pay for him. So this guy calls the former senior pastor of, I mean, the senior pastor of my former church and says, hey, I'm ready to hire, I, I've hired someone. Can we get some money? And this guy says to this guy, who'd you hire? And he says, I hired Chris Conrad. And this guy said, literally, Chris Conrad, I'm not giving you a dime for that asshole. It's literally what he said. Now, you need to know that I thought this guy could walk on water. Like, literally, I, had, I just thought this guy was, oh, my gosh. Think of a coach. Think of someone in your life who you just deeply respect so much, that you look up to so much, and he just calls you an a-hole. Now, I went and had a conversation with him and said, do you really think I'm an a-hole? And we had that conversation. 
But let me tell you something. You know what I did? I spent the next 35 years of my life trying to prove to him that I wasn't an a-hole. Guess what? He didn't care. But I was going to show him that I was worth something. And I don't mean this badly, but I worked really, really hard. And there was a time when I was the senior pastor of a church of 3,000 and the senior pastor of a church of 1,000, and they were an hour and 20 minutes away from each other. And I was running this thing at the time called the West Michigan District of the Western Church that had 65 churches in it. So I was doing all three of those jobs. Why? Because I was going to prove to this guy that I wasn't an a-hole. Guess who paid the price for that? Mary, Natalia, and Julia. Oh, Holy Spirit was whispering to me. Hey, Chris, see what you're doing to him? Yeah, but God, I'm doing your work. People are coming to know you as their Lord and Savior. How do they feel? Can I ask you a question? Have you ever gotten really, really, really honest with yourself? Might you be willing to this morning, just briefly? What's driving you? What's driving your decisions? What's driving your behavior? Really. Don't get honest with me. Just get really honest with God. Right there, while you're staring at me, just get really honest with God for 60 seconds. Would you please? What's driving you? And is anything that's driving you sand? Are you settling? See, I was trying to get my needs met, my worth met by how hard I could work. Where do you go to get your needs met? Where do you go to answer the question, am I worth it? Because Holy Spirit is the only one who can answer that question in a way that will actually fill you up from the bottom of your toes to the top of your head. So this last summer, again, I took the sabbatical. And I was able to look at my wife. And I was able to look at my daughters and apologize and repent. And build, again, my deep relationship with them. And change. Like, I've changed. Like, I'm no longer working every night. I actually take this thing called a Sabbath. I actually take a day off. I actually 
have dates with my wife. And the crazy thing about that is I was trying to impress someone that didn't care. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that he doesn't care about me. I'm just saying he didn't care that I was doing all that. He doesn't keep track of my life. There's an invitation on the table by Holy Spirit to be transformed this morning. But we have to get Holy Spirit right now. He's speaking to you right now about your area. And he's inviting you to allow his power to transform you. One of the things coming into 2024 that's true about me is the reason I tear up when I, when I think of Mark Welsh, the general, because he's such a phenomenal leader. And I'm a huge student of leadership. Like, I love good leadership. And so when I was at the Texas A&M game, and again, 50 or 60 other people in that box, it wasn't just, you know, the four of us hanging out. Uh, I probably had a total of maybe, I don't know, seven or eight minutes, 10 minutes or something with Mark. By the way, at the end of that time, just, I think just after, maybe just before that picture was taken, I stopped and prayed for he and Betty. They're Catholic. I think he's right on the verge of receiving Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So I'm praying up a storm for him, for, for him. And I'm going to go spend another, some more time with him in two more months. But the thing is, is I watched Mark pick up trash and dirt off the floor. He's just got a servant's heart. And I, I'm just, I'm so moved by good leadership, quality leadership. But the same token, I just get really frustrated, whether it's at, whether it's at McDonald's, or, any, or certainly in the life of it, I just get frustrated when there's not good leadership. And what happens is that it comes out of my mouth. It's like, oh, you know, so stuff comes out of my mouth. And Jesus' stepbrother, a guy by the name of James, writes in, in a book called James, James chapter 3, Jim writes, the tongue is a fire. And out of our mouths come words of blessing and words of cursing. That should not be. So Holy Spirit is inviting me in 2024 to be very careful about the words that come out of my mouth. And what I pray is, is that at the end of 2024, if you and I were hanging out for a couple of days, that you would hear nothing come out of my mouth that would be negative towards anyone in leadership. I'm asking Holy Spirit to transform that area of my life. Just like I've asked him to transform my eating and my, my addiction to food, just as I've asked him to transform me in my overworking, I've asked him now to transform my mouth. Holy Spirit does that. And here's what I believe. I believe wholeheartedly that he has the power to change my, my tongue. So what is it for you? Worship team, would you come up? Because I've kept these people waiting for four hours. So would you come up? Would you please just do an honest evaluation before you leave today? Would you just be really, you don't have to be honest with God, excuse me, with me, but please be honest with God. And here's the thing, you don't have to leave the same person that you came in as. Some of you have some chains around you 
And God wants to break those chains this morning. He wants you to walk out of here free. Free. And the invitation from Holy Spirit to you this morning is, would you take that invitation from me and just walk out of here free? Allowing my spirit to actually take the anxiety out of your life. Would you allow me to take that spending habit that you've got? When you're spending money on things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Would you allow me to change your thinking so that you no longer have to have these other relationships, these secretive relationships you don't want anybody to know about? Would you allow me to bring about in your spirit and your soul a sense of the satisfaction that only I can bring? I just feel prompted to say this. We went 16 years without being able to have children. Would you allow me to bring into your life a sense of contentment, even if what you have hoped for and dreamed for hasn't come true yet for you? Would you allow me to fill your life with a sense of contentment that nothing else can bring but I can bring? That's the power of Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to do. Would you let him do it? Holy Spirit of God, thank you for these incredible people. Thank you for their willingness just to listen to a long-winded preacher this morning. I pray in Jesus' name that you know, we're going to sing a song then we're going to leave. But I pray, God, that, uh, that there would be men and women and teenagers, young adults, who would allow you to do what you want to do in their life in the next few moments. You've been, man, they've been talking to you about their issues for the last half an hour. But I pray now that they would say to you, Holy Spirit, come and change me. Change me. Apply your power to that specific area of my life. Apply your power right there. That's where I need it. And I pray that they would sense that you're doing exactly that right now. And that they're... Their bondages, their chains are being broken in Jesus' name. Being broken in Jesus' name. Being broken in the name of Jesus right here, right now. And that they would walk out of here free. And they would look back at January 14th, 2024 as the time when they got free. When they left the nosebleed section and came to your box and enjoyed intimacy with you and they were never the same. Thanks for listening to this message from Radiant Life Church. To get to know us better, check out theradiantlife.church. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.